Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode, episode number 48 of Balls and Whistles, a Highland news and media podcast looking at what's been going on around the world of sport this week. I am Andrew Henderson and I am not joined by sports editor Will Clark. Now, you might be wondering why I did say, I think a week or two ago, that all of our annual leave was done for the year so we wouldn't be having any more solo episodes of the podcast. This week, it's just the way things have worked out, unfortunately, with the timings of various press conferences and trying to get this week's newspapers ready for everybody to read and done time for the deadlines we just got a little bit squeezed out basically so if you're tuning in hoping to hear some of our usual top quality discussion uh, unfortunately this is not an episode that is going to do that what we're going to do instead is like we would sometimes when either myself or Will are off play some of the interviews that we've been doing this week and for me personally there is only one place we could start and that is with Ross County now last weekend they picked up a really really valuable three points against Dundee they went into a midweek match against Celtic in Dingwall looking to build on that momentum but knowing that it would still be a very tough task against a team who we're right at the top of the form table and are second in the league and are going into a cup final this weekend. Uh, really, County were very much still the underdogs. There were a few controversies, shall we say, towards the end of the match uh, that we'll get onto in just a minute. But first, uh, I think it's possibly gone under the radar a little bit just how well County actually played on Wednesday night. So I want to start off with just a little bit of post-match reaction from defender Harry Clark and he looks a little bit ahead to Livingston on Saturday as well. Here is what Harry Clark had to say just after the full-time whistle on Wednesday night. Yeah, I'm still trying to put it into words, to be honest. Um, it's heartbreaking, to be honest. I mean, Gaff asked us at the second half to go out there, a bit of courage. You know, I thought we did that, and you know, literally last last kick of the game, we lose it. Um, I thought the boys dug in well. Second half, we pressed them, and obviously when they went down to 10 men, I thought even then we didn't take the foot off the, foot off the gas. But, yes. Heartbreaking, to be honest. Because you really would have been good value for a result at the end, especially like, say, the second half performance really stepped up again. Yeah, so I think it shows you know the, the route that we're going. I think you know at the start at the start of the season, like, you know we had to start apart for 70 minutes. We were good, but um, yeah, it goes to show that we're putting these teams under pressure. And you saw by the way they celebrated that they even they were relieved to you know go away with three points, which you know I think shows so. Um, but yeah, we've got to get, get together and move on then. It shows your progression over the season so far, though. I mean, we talked a lot at the start of the season about that run of fixture. Celtic were one of those games, and to push them all the way tonight, yeah. it really shows that you've come on. Yeah, definitely. That's what I mean. Uh, you know, again, we've, we've been on a good run. You know, we didn't start the season very well. Uh, uh, we weren't really getting results. You know, we've, we've been on a good run. I thought, I thought we showed that tonight, uh, going to the very last, very last second. But yeah, I mean. I'm still in a bit of shock, to be honest. Uh, I don't blame you. But no, uh, yeah, it does. It shows our progression, and uh, hopefully we can carry it on. I know it's it's maybe tough to look too far ahead right now, but how easy do you think it's going to be for the guys to pick themselves up from that? First oh, I think it, I, I, the, I think what the gaffer said after half time. He said we did well. He said, you know, just from that last kick of the game, uh, you know, switching off. But he's literally said we've got a game Saturday now. We've got limited away. Uh, it's all about recovery now and. You know, we'll we'll look for it in the morning, but after that, you know, we'll do 10-15 minutes on it. But you know, we've got we've got to get on with it, and you know, we've got to go and get three points at Lewiston. So it's a really busy run at the minute. I guess that's exactly what you'd want after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, I think a game Saturday is the best one we needed. You know, we don't want to 
we don't need too long to dwell on things and yeah, we don't want a game next Wednesday or next Saturday to it, for it to really be sitting on our mind. I think it's good that we've got Livingston, so yeah. I think you could hear firsthand there from Harry just how disappointed that all of the players at Ross County were. They really did match Celtic for a long time in that second half and I'm not sure too many people would have been able to complain if Ross County ended up coming away with all three points. But of course it ended up being Celtic who grabbed a 97th minute winner through Anthony Ralston which provoked a pitch invasion from the Celtic fans behind that goal. That has been really the major story coming out of the match on Wednesday night and we got the opportunity to ask Ross County manager Malky Mackay about it at a press conference earlier today believe it or not. That wasn't the only thing on the agenda there are a few other questions about team news a little bit looking ahead to Livingston Um, there's obviously the rising concerns I suppose about Covid coming back to the fore but all of that as well as reaction to the pitch invasion and the the fine really that Ross County are going to be hit with because of it comes in this clip with Malky from the press conference today. Uh, no, Alex Akiviti won't be back. He's he's still got another few weeks to go before uh, he joins the squad. Other than that, uh, it's all bumps and bruises. Uh, Harry Payton came off with a knock on his calf, but it was a knock rather than a than a pull. And um, we'll we'll assess him over the next couple of days. So. Um, yeah, after such a, uh, you know, a, um, I suppose a, quite an encounter last night and going right through to 97 minutes, um, the, the players have come through it well. Just need to make sure that we try and, you know, one of the big things today is that recovery process. So they're out there just now in terms of their, their recovery strategies and making sure that they're getting enough food and, and uh, fluid and sleep into them over the next couple of days to be ready to go again in two days' time. You were clearly unhappy with Alamir last night in the 97 minutes. Having slept on it, what's your thoughts this morning? I, I just, just that um, number one, we've got to defend, you know. So we've got to defend the goal. So that's 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 okay. That's that's what it is. Um, I was just surprised at the the amount of time that was added on last night because um, having over the last few weeks, um, you know, been at the side of the line and actually looking at what referees add and what they don't add, um, it's reasonably. Um, similar, you know, unless there's like a, something goes in for too long. Last night's I thought was was um, to the extreme side of that, and I, I, I just found that a bit strange last night. That's all. Did you speak to the ref? I did in a, a polite manner at the end, and uh, but uh, didn't really get what I was looking for. What did you make of the pitch invasion after the the goal? Um, I thought uh, I thought Ross County stewarding and uh, staff did everything that they could in the circumstance and it's disappointing obviously that there's uh, steward ended up downstairs and another one with a broken wrist so I I think that's something that uh, I think it's something that it's maybe going to be looked at in terms of I, I know that in terms of the SPFL the home club or the club that are then spoken to about these things but um, you know it been an interesting one as to what is actually supposed to happen there because there was plenty of yellow jackets standing in front of that stand. So if people decide to en masse come out of it, I really don't know what it is you're supposed to do about that. So um, you know, I don't know where that goes and what the effect of this is going to be, but genuinely don't know what it is. The Bruce County staff were absolutely trying their best and there's a pre-ops meeting that goes on with clubs 
and the, the, the ground was properly stewarded for the amount of people that were here. In fact, overloaded at this end, obviously. Uh, 3,000 people decided to run out of stand, and I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. The first, did you say the, there was the first steward was he or she injured? Aye. Yes, and the second one broke a wrist? Yeah. 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 So that's not great, yeah. considering they're only trying to do their job. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of Livingston at the weekend, I mean, is that a case of trying to take the positives for last night and spit in Livingston? Very much so. Um, you know, we've, we've We've, we've number one we've got to focus massively on that. You know that last night's game we did a debrief this morning and that's gone. Um, so now every focus is on the Livingston game and we'll prepare properly. We'll do that this afternoon after lunch. Uh, we'll start that if, um, conversation with the players, uh, and the only focus will be that between now and the game. Um, you know I'm, I'm absolutely 100%. That's what my only focus is Livingston and knowing that that will be a tough game. They're in a good vein of form. Um, and going down there is not going to be easy. We played them a few weeks ago up here, we were beaten, and we've got to make sure we go down there and make that a tough day for Livingston. Um, so, sorry, last, sorry, last one for me um, about the coronavirus situation that seems to have accelerated. Mm -hmm. Martindale's calling for a two week break, Robbie Nielsen saying just play on. What's your thoughts about it? I think we have to do what we've always done is take the guidance at the time. I think it's been a, it's been a, a very fluid situation for two years. Um, and at, at any point, we've, we've just got to look and, and take the guidance from starting at government and then going to joint response group, which is who looks after us. Um, and but what you have to do is, I think, um, is keep making sure you make you, you keep doing the best practices that are supposed to be here. So when the red zones were available or not available, and you could you could decide. We were one of the few clubs that decided to take to keep the red zones going um, because of these circumstances. So it's it's interesting when you go to some places as to what that red zone looks like, um, and and it, it certainly at times I, I query that as to what a red zone looks like when we go to certain grounds. But certainly where we are at the moment, we, you know, and, and um, then there's the choice: do you have a red zone or do you have fans in the stadium, which I find strange. So, um, and we, we had to choose a red zone instead of fans in a stadium as well. So there's there's a lot of things around about that that I think clubs can actually help themselves. Um, and I'm not talking about spending fortunes. I'm talking about best practice and actually just uh, being sensible about what, about the approach you take in terms of what a what a bubble and what a red zone looks like. So no, we we continue to do what we've got to do while we're doing it. Um, and keep playing. Listen, I don't really disagree with anything that Marky Mackay said there. You know, I, I was at the match on Wednesday night and I really don't know what else the stewards and police could have done to prevent a pitch invasion. Um, you know, there's thousands and thousands of Celtic fans in that stand. Obviously, not every single one of them came onto the pitch, but they certainly had a, a huge numbers advantage. And, you know, the stewards and police officers had their own safety to think about as well. That might sound a little bit strange considering they're there, uh, certainly the police officers are there to protect the public, but they can't go putting themselves in harm's way at the same time um, when it maybe necessarily isn't needed. Um, at the same time, it's gutting for Ross County that they're going to get fined out of this and our best wishes go to anybody who was injured in all that you know it's never a nice situation to be in and on the COVID front as well you know I don't really disagree with Malky Mackay 
we have to just go with whatever the most up-to-date guidance is. At the minute, that is that matches can still go ahead as long as teams have the, the right number of players for the matches to go ahead. So until that changes, play on. You know, that's the only option we really have. Uh, I've been talking about Ross County, played a couple of the clips there. I should, of course, mention that Cali Thistle had a huge win last weekend. They won 6-1 down at Greenock Morton, getting uh, quite a nice amount of revenge, I think, for both the facilities that they were put in in the Scottish Cup game uh, down at Capilo and for going out of the Scottish Cup in that game down in Greenock. Um, I'm sure they will be absolutely delighted. They have kept hold of top spot in the championship, which they will be looking to keep hold of for a good while longer yet, uh, starting this weekend when they're back in action at the Caledonian Stadium. Um, No clips from Inverness this week. Will Clark was in the press conference today for that, and with him not being on this podcast, unfortunately, that is the way it goes. Um, But there's also Highland League matches. Uh, There's North Caledonian League matches coming up this weekend in football. I'm sure fans of various clubs will know exactly when and where their own teams are playing. But if not, and you want to see what sort of matches are going on that you can try and get to, of course, you can go on the Highland League and North Cali FA website. Uh, On to rugby now. And while football is still going very, very strong over Christmas and New Year, rugby has finished for 2021. Last weekend, a few teams played their last matches of the calendar year, not in the least Highland, who went down to Edinburgh, the capital, to face Harriets. Uh, It was a huge opportunity for them, potentially, to get back right in the very top of the table uh, mix could have been just a couple of points off the top spot if they had managed to win. Unfortunately for them, they didn't do that. They went behind fairly convincingly, as you're about to hear, uh, both just after half time and a little bit further on in the second half before coming back and making the scoreline very respectable, it has to be said. Uh, I spoke to head coach Dave Carson earlier this week, and here is what he had to say about what that result means for his side's title ambitions. The result obviously didn't go your way last weekend. Um, it's the last one before the end of the year. You know, how how did you rate that as a way to end twenty twenty one? Yeah, yeah, disappointed with the result. Um, as I say, it was close half time. I think we were twelve two tries to one down, twelve five down, and playing okay. You know, they hadn't they threatened a couple of times. Really good back three they had. Right. Uh, especially the full back, he was a great player. But then second half started and we just said, do the same. You know, they were big, big pack. And when we did run them around, they certainly tired as we did phase after phase. So, uh, But the first 15 minutes of the second half, we just switched off and let in three soft tries. And really the, the game was over at that point. But as I said before, just never give up. When we came back with three great tries ourselves, to at least get a point out of it with a try bonus, you know. So disappointing result but I said we had a couple of late changes on Friday night due to Covid and stuff with right. tests so that disrupted things a bit but the boys that come in did a fantastic job just late in the day coming in and playing really well as well you know so but yeah disappointed Andrew I said it would have been a nice way to finish because the way the other results worked we wouldn't have been far off top you know mm, yeah. <laughs> going into the break but that's just the way it is and uh, yeah it's just as I say more learning defensively we weren't strong enough for that 15 minutes fail and the game got away from us so you mentioned it would have been nice to win because you would have been not far off top I mean the way this league is I suppose you can't really predict what's going to happen after the break either but where do you feel like this leaves you now because 
some teams ahead of you do still have games in hand as well. It's not just the points on the board to take into account. Yeah, that's right. You just, as I said, you just don't know how it's going to pan out. And as I say, Gala, who've been flying, they got beat by Kelso at the weekend, and um, obviously themselves and Bigger have got a couple of games in hand over everyone, so they're obviously in quite a strong position. Although the hunger points in the bag, so um, yeah, I say we're just going to keep fighting. I say we'll regroup. We had a, we're going to have a fun week this week. Take all the pressure off the boys. Just have a bit of fun and fitness stuff. So, and then we'll regroup after New Year and get another charge going, hopefully, and keep challenging for as long as we can. Sure. It, it sounds like a really obvious thing from what you say, but knowing you guys, you're not going to be giving up on the title anytime soon, even though there might be a wee bit of a gap there. No, not at all, Andrew, absolutely. As I said, you always want something to play for, and we keep emphasising that to the players, that uh, let's just keep going. Let's get every game, think about every game, let's try and win every game, and we'll just see where we end up at the end of the season. But um, no, as I say, a couple of disappointing results throughout the season, but over, overall, I mean, we've played, having not played for 80 months, same as every club, we've really come back quite strong. I think we've got stronger and stronger since uh, the season started and playing some nice rugby now. And the boys are enjoying it. We're throwing the ball about, scoring some good tries. So um, just keep battling away at Andrew and see what comes at the end. Mm-hmm. I think I've asked you about some of the differences from the start of the season before, but I'll, I'll go back to it a wee bit just now. You know, how much of an impact do you think that 18-month layoff had right back at the start compared to where you are now having played most weeks? Yeah, I think absolutely. It was. I think it's probably affected every club and it wasn't a slow start, but we were, a few changes as well. We'd, we'd had guys training with us, new players that had come in as well and getting them up to speed in the national one as well, I think, took three or four, four games to get them up to speed and then even halfway through that recognising that it's a, it's a such it's a tougher league than it was when we came up during the COVID when it got stopped. Um, obviously, all the amateur Super Six sides have bedded in now mm-hmm. and got a lot stronger. They were sort of in a wee bit of disarray um, back then, as it just been thrown at them, you know. So it's a really really strong league, competitive, and I said we're enjoying playing in it. We're, I mean, we're going to some great clubs and some big clubs are coming up to Inverness for a change, which is absolutely fantastic. Putting putting Inverness and Highland Rugby Club on the map and more ways than one, you know, which is, is only good for, for the club in Inverness itself. So, um, yeah, we're enjoying it. And I say that the rugby's good, the standard's good, and it's just getting, as probably every every coach will say, it's just getting consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably why the All Blacks are the best team in the world over the last 10, 15 years, because they're consistently good. They have the odd blip, but the majority of times they're consistently at the races, you know. I'm not saying you're going to be challenging the All Blacks anytime soon. That, even for you guys, might be a bit of a jump. But do you feel like you're in quite a good place to get that consistency going into the start of the year? Yeah, I say we just keep working at the boys and emphasising and, and going through the, the same sort of drills and stuff that just really gets deep rooted into them exactly what we're doing. And we certainly noticed that in the last, I say that run of three games where we'd won. They're getting really, yeah. They were really getting the idea and seeing out games and controlling games. Um, and just said, apart from a couple of laddies, they're still still a young side, you know, in this league. So they'll just keep learning, and we'll just keep helping them along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just kind of last one for me, Dave. You mentioned the Super Six sides. Harriet's are, are pretty sure are one of them, aren't they? Um, yes, they're just, one of them. Yeah. I'm just seeing there at the top of the table just now. What happens with? promotion if it's one of the Super 6 sites that ends up top of the table well as far as I'm aware they can go up they can go up uh, okay yeah yeah absolutely 
absolutely they can go up um, the only proviso I was put on it was that for the first two years or three years after Super 6 started we would only be allowed one team to go up from National 1 compared to all the other leagues right, uh, the okay. winners and winners that go up there's only one team because obviously the Premiership teams didn't want all the Super 6 sides they were thinking they were just going to steamroller through National 1 and they'd all get back into the Premiership again you know sure. so it was restricted to one which is detrimental to other sides that weren't Super 6 to a degree but uh, hopefully that'll be reversed to start of next season and right. go back to the winners and runners up and up you know because okay. it's, it's a tough ask for any of us in that league all of us battling for it it's only one sport you're going for you know yeah. where normally you're going for if you don't go up as champions you go up as runners up I think I had it in mind that they couldn't go up, so that's why I was asking that, but that simplifies it quite a bit if they can, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, they can, but no, it was restricted to only one from our league for the first, I think it was the first two or three years of Super 6. Right, okay. Um, then we'll see, because I said, obviously, we went up as runners-up from National 2 to 1, mm-hmm. uh, when Bigger went up as Tommy's, you know, which is, it makes it harder if there's only one team out of the... Well, what, six teams cha- challenging now? Six, seven teams that could still mathematically do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, we're talking about how tight the table was before, but it's starting to get a wee bit of a, a breakaway pack at this stage. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've no doubt that Highland will manage to get back to winning ways in 2022. Like Dave Carson says, it just seems to be about that little bit of consistency, not even from week to week, even during games at times. They saw that they came back from a few scores down against Harriets to getting within 10 points of them again. Could have been even less than that if a couple of conversions had gone through the posts rather than wide of the mark. Um, I'm sure Highland definitely won't be ruling themselves out of title contention just yet. It might have sounded a little bit doom and gloom at times there, but it really is the most open title race that Highland have been involved in for years. Just a couple of wins and they could be right back up in the mix. So fingers crossed they can get back to winning ways in 2022. And of course, fingers crossed that the other clubs in the area, uh, Highland second and third teams, Inverness, Craig Denane and Ross Sutherland over in Invergarden can have good years to come as well. Finally this week then we are on to boxing and it's something that we've talked a little bit about over the last few weeks more often than not in passing to be honest we did get a a little chat with professional boxer Ben Bartlett a few weeks ago ahead of his fight where he ended up going 3-0 as a professional it must be said Um, but it has been a really really busy period in particular for Highland Boxing Academy mentioned Ben Bartlett there he trains out of the Inverness gym they had Stephen Monroe becoming the Northern District Champion they had a couple of other boxers fighting down at the Haber Phoenix a few weeks ago and last weekend they held their first club show since the pandemic began when everything was brought to a screeching halt in March 2020 Highland Boxing Academy were supposed to be the next club in the Northern District to hold a show they finally got to do it uh, this last weekend I will just run through a list of the results here um, because we don't mention everybody by full name at least in this chat Uh, so I thought it was worth giving everybody a little bit of a shout out. Uh, The opening bout of the night was Finlay Keenan who got the win over Northwest Glasgow's William Clark. 
not the same one that sports editor of Island News and Media, it must be said. After that, Mackenzie Tyrone went up against Lockheed's Jack Thompson in an exhibition. Then Joe Kinsella lost out to Granite City Boxing's Grant McCombie uh, by first round stoppage. Beth McKenzie got Highland Boxing Academy back to winning ways, though, against Northwest Glasgow's Isla Grant. Joshua Morrison then went up against Lockheed's Dean Powell in an exhibition. Liam Miller extended that winning run for Highland in a bout against Jake Love, also from Northwest Glasgow. Uh, after the interval, Keegan McKenzie's fight did not go ahead because his opponent from Brechin pulled out after the weigh-in. Luke Uckert from Dingwall went up against Callan Fraser from Keith Ness and won by unanimous decision. And the night did end on a little bit of a sour note, it must be said, for HBA. Andrew McLaughlin and Fraser McDonald lost out to Alex Thompson from Brechin and Fakir McRae from Lochaber, respectively. Um, the first one of those, McLaughlin by referee stoppage, McDonald by unanimous decision. But it still ends up being a winning night overall for Highland. And as you're about to hear from the club's head coach, Liam Foy, it was just a great night to be a part of. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, here's the thing, any any head coach that like runs an amateur boxing show will always tell you that that was the best night ever and the best atmosphere because they put so much work into it and it, when it all comes good then. But, you know, it was up there with one of the best amateur shows that we ran. Um, Maybe that had, you know, something to do with the fact that it'd been so, you know, long. I think our last show that we hosted was pre-pandemic, so, yeah. um, you know, it was well received by the people there. The atmosphere was just the best that I've had at the Legion anyway, so it was just great. There wasn't a seat to be had, and um, it was great just to pull it off as well, obviously, because, you know, things are likely to change pretty soon, so, you know, we were we were due our show just before... The pandemic happened the last time. I think we've probably got away with just getting one in before things are about to, to to change again. You know, so it was a massive relief personally for myself to to be able to to you know get it mm-hmm. through you know past the finishing line. You know, with the current sort of restrictions that were in place, because I sort of see these you know restrictions changing pretty soon, and and the likelihood is that you know shows like this will will be you know unfortunately going to be in in jeopardy over the the coming months so yeah. it was a massive relief relief personally for myself because you know as we got grew closer to you know the, the the couple of days before you know there was a lot of talk of will this go ahead and will right, this change okay. and obviously with the omicron um variant starting to surge now and Nicola Sturgeon's statement and, and all that. So it was, you know, quite, quite beyond, you know, one of the biggest, you know, sort of release ever, release ever to be able to, to get it over the line and, you know, do so obviously within, within current guidelines and restrictions, you know, uh-huh. to get every measure necessary to make it as uh, safe as possible. There's been, you know, no, no kickback of cases or anything like that. So, um, I'm just relieved in that sense. In regards to the the show itself, you know, it was you know well received by the public, and I've had nothing but you know positive feedback from everybody and how you know good a night at boxing it was. You know, so that's testament to obviously everyone at our club for the development of these boxers that were on show. So I was I was quite delighted with that as well. Yeah, you were talking about the the buzz and the atmosphere around the whole 
place. Did that translate through to the boxers as well when uh, they were going to the ring? Absolutely. I mean, as I said, any any coach will tell you that the the atmosphere oh, it was the best atmosphere ever, and this, that, and the next thing because they put so much, you know, you put so much work into it that you want it to be, you know, the best. And 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 I, but that that genuinely for me was like the the atmosphere was just electric. You know, it was just it was. Um, I think like all the because we've got such a sort of you know. It's a new squad that we've got, but they've been training together for quite some time now. You know, a lot of them were ready to box just sort of prior to the pandemic. And obviously they've trained throughout, you know, within the restrictions and training outside and doing different bobs. So this sort of group of like novices and beginners have been together for quite a long time. And also their friends and families, you know, are sort of familiar with each other. So the support was there for everybody. It was just absolutely phenomenal, you know, because... It wasn't like a, a group of family and friends supporting their individual boxer. Everybody know, you know, the the sort of connection is is quite tight at the club just now because we've been this this generation have been through the mills, obviously pre-pandemic and through the pandemic, and now you know where we currently are. So I think that has kind of brought the club and those you know families and friends and everybody it's a bit more sort of uni and togetherness that that i haven't experienced i think that's the result of obviously the pandemic and what we've all gone through so that was that was um displayed on the evening you know because everybody was right behind every every box regarded of being related to them or you know coming to support them specifically you know so it was just it was just it was yeah it was electric it was it was you could you know you could feel you know the noise that was generated by everybody was just and I think also because yeah we just haven't had a show in such a long time and there was a hunger and there was a massive appetite for it you know and I think also probably because there was a certain sense that you know things like this may maybe put on the back shelf again you know and maybe sometimes so you know the people that came really you know enjoyed themselves. At, no trouble whatsoever. Everyone conducted themselves, you know, great. But you know, everyone had a, a fair scoop in them, and and certainly, you know, were were in full chorus. You know, so it was just, it was just amazing. You know, it was an amazing, amazing experience for for all that was involved. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you to go through every single bout because we could be here for quite a long time. But just having a look at the results, uh, I think it's four wins for HBA, three losses, a couple of exhibitions, and one pullout. How you know? How do you you rate that overall as as a night for the club? Then you always want to be having a, a winning night. You know, winning more than you you lose when you're at home. Uh, we've done that. Um, I've seen some of the best clubs, and you know, I've gone to some of the best clubs in Scotland. Um, away, you know, as an away boxer, and you know, watch them. You know, not be able to pull off a winning sort of like a bill of home boxers. So. Mm-hmm. You know that's always the main thing is to win more than you lose, and we've done that. I was I was disappointed for Keegan, um, the non-contest because you know his, op- his opponent pulled out. I, um, said that after the weigh-in, they hadn't felt you know you know I'm, I'm almost certain there was a potential there for for another win. Right. Um, but um, you know, what are you looking for? Like a standout performance? The the 
the young lad Finlay that won the best, obviously home boxer. Um, he was first on in the night, which comes with a lot of pressure. It was his first bout, which comes with a lot of pressure. That obviously the anticipation and the, the 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 crowd and everything like that, you know, that that obviously you know was quite a lot to ask of a young lad like him, and he was in a very you know good competitive bout. The um, was a unanimous decision. He gave the boy a count. I think right at that. He did. He gave the boy a count in the last round. But it was a unanimous decision. Right. Um, okay. Just given as well as like how competitive the first round was, and you know that was really you know it's it's, it's always the sort of um, you know the, t- the 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 sort of tipping point or the test for for a boxer when they're in about and it's extremely close in the first round it's what you know what happens in the second how you know how do they then um how, you know how how do they come back in that second round do you know do they do they come out of the blocks do they you know go through gears or do they you know go back the way and not even and finley you know did exactly that he came right out of the blocks and Although he was in a really tough test, I mean the boy was really aggressive coming forward, looking for him, trying to impose himself and try to, you know, put a statement out and and basically, you know, overwhelm Finley. But Finley like stuck to it so well, kept his composure, kept his his ring craft and his movement around the ring was just phenomenal, and managed to start catching the boy as he was coming in and putting the pressure on and. And a lot of boxers at any level would crumble and, under, you know, the aggressiveness of a boxer coming forward and just trying to impose himself on on you. Yeah. It's a really hard thing to, to, to be able to do is to shake that boxer and get to slow down and get their, you know, relent, you know, get them to stop being so relentless in their, their attacks if you've got an aggressive come forward boxer. And all these things, you know, taken in consideration for Finley's first bout, you know, how he overcame that and, you know, sitting down in the corner, some boxers can just go, oh, you know, like, mm. they're dreading the doom of going back out there and having to face such an aggressive boxer. But Finley, you know, just got better and better as the fight went on. And, and basically, his ring craft movement and his, uh, you know, shot selection, you know, just totally slowed the boy down. And, and um, you know, he just got better and better, you know. And he was asked some very big questions and he answered them also. I was really impressed with, with his as well. There was also Liam Miller who had fight of the night. Mm-hmm. His was a split decision. Liam floored the boy in the first round. The boy got a count. He gave the boy a count in the second round and the third round. It was close to being stopped. But yeah, it was declared as a split decision. <laughs> I don't know if someone's pressed the wrong button or ticked the wrong box, but it was unbelievable, you know. His fight was awesome as well, you know. But... Um, even, I mean, geez, I could go on about it, all of them, uh, the exhibitions, you know, the two lads that we had, and even exhibitions, Joshua and, and Mackenzie, you know, um, just they were phenomenal as well. But no, and Beth, Beth as well, you know, she had a really tough fight as well. So, no, it's just, it's hard to pick one out, but sure. probably Finley or Liam, you know, were, were, were very impressive. Well, hopefully they will continue to be impressive over the next year and fingers crossed that the Omicron variant of COVID doesn't start shutting things down again because uh, it didn't sound particularly optimistic there from Liam at times. But we really do just have to sit and wait and hope that things aren't as bad as the statistics might appear to be going just now. So 
Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, like I say, boxing will be able to continue and Highland Boxing Academy and other clubs up in the north of Scotland will be able to continue having plenty of success through 2022. That is basically all we've got time for this week. Um, I should say at this point, the next couple of weeks as we go into Christmas and New Year are not going to be normal episodes either. They're going to be lookbacks at the best parts of Balls and Whistles across 2021. We basically made it through a whole year of doing the podcast. It was early January this year that we started it up. Um, so we're going to take a look back again to, to keep some of the pressure off us and maybe give us a little bit of a rest as well to spend some time uh, hopefully with our families over Christmas and New Year. We'll see exactly how that goes. Um, so keep an eye out for them. I have already been working on those and there's some really interesting stuff. I think some stuff that I'd forgotten that we actually had or did on the podcast. Some really cool stories and uh, some like I say, interesting conversations considering how things have developed since then. We are going right back to January. So keep an eye out for those over the next couple of weeks. But that means that this is going to be the last time that we're properly doing a brand new episode for 2021. So I want to take the opportunity to say a huge thanks to everybody who has been supporting the podcast and listening and anyone who's said some nice things about it to either myself or Will. We really do appreciate it. And let us know what you want to hear from a podcast in 2022. If that's more long-form interviews, if that's more of the discussions of topical things, if you want to hear us more or less often, whatever you guys want to hear, let us know and we'll do our best to make it happen. In the meantime, have a great week, everybody, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>